Welcome to West of North London, where Arsenal are here to remind everyone that they can destroy an MLS team anytime they want. <laughs> I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. Uh, it's It was uh, all festivious for All-Star Game Night, right? I, yeah. This is our big all, post-All-Star Game episode you know we're going crazy uh, we're gonna go deep into the uh the tactics and the uh the uh the the learnings that we can get because I'm, I'm sure this was super meaningful for for arsenal and not just a, a paycheck from mls who seems to be writing a lot of paychecks to uh teams Oof, recently the money is flowing uh we'll talk about that game in a minute uh let's talk about drinks you need a drink i definitely do need a drink i uh i missed the all-star game because i was uh getting a tattoo and uh, those of you who uh, don't have or haven't seen our video podcast, I'm glad we're no longer doing video podcasts because I have to be shirtless right now, and it's a little uncomfortable for me. <laughs> just get just get a piece of cardboard and just cover the bottom <laughs> half of the, the camera there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I definitely do need a beer. Um, so I got a beer from one of my favorite breweries, Structures Brewing, up here in Bellingham, and it's the beer is called In Circles. It's an Indian pale ale brewed with Citra, Galaxy, and Azaka hops. So it's a three-hop IPA. Structures is kind of known for their IPAs. I like the can. Lots of pretty flowers on it. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a great IPA. It's actually much lighter than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to get a, a much like hit over the head. It's a, It's a good one. I like it. What is the ABV on this one? Do, 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 do. Has to say somewhere on the can, doesn't it? It doesn't say so on the can. Hmm. It's like etched into one of the flowers. You have to find it. Yeah. Mystery ABV. I'm going to guess around seven, but structures sometimes sneakily. Uh, it's that higher, uh, higher ABV. So, huh. But yeah, really good. I mean, I love Citra, Galaxy, Anazaka hops in general. So the combination is good. Yeah. It's, it sounds really exotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a West Coast IPA, which is something I'm, uh, I'm missing these days more and more because there's so many mm-hmm. hazies and other East Coast, whatever you want to call them out there. Yeah. Yeah, how, I agree. How about you? What are you drinking? I am not doing an IPA. I'm not doing a beer at all. I am doing a cider this week. Ooh. A rare cider for me. I think this actually might be like the first cider I've ever had on the show. Um, it is uh, from Schilling Cider House. It is an heirloom hard cider. Excelsior Imperial Apple, 8.4%. There you go. That's the ABV you like to hit. Yeah. Hmm. See, I, I, that doesn't taste like eight point eight point four percent. So ah, that's, that's the danger. scary part. That's the danger of cider. Yeah, I, I used to live uh, a few blocks away from the Schilling uh, Cidery that uh, down there in uh, in Fremont. So I used to stop by there pretty often. It's good. You know, I I don't. I'm not a connoisseur of ciders. I I've had a handful, but <laughs> as far as they go, this one's this one's solid for the. The high percentage for sure. Yeah. So would drink is it sweet or dry? Uh it's kind of down the middle. Like it, it's it's got a little dryness to it, but uh it's not overly bitter. 
Is that the one that has like the giraffe and a space helmet on the con? It is. Yes. Uh, it's chilling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, and an entertaining can. Yeah. <laughs> they have some fun artwork chilling. I would recommend going to the tap house. Have you been to the tap room yet? I have not. I bet it's, the wife would like that. Yeah, it's a nice little tap room, right? Or gosh, it's since I don't know if it's still open since the pandemic. I'd have to something I'd have to check. Oh but. gosh, there's so much old stuff about Seattle that I like. You know, you just don't. I haven't been able to check up on everything since the pandemic. So yeah. stuff just goes away, and it uh, you, you don't hear about it until you try to go or something, and then end up disappointed. Yeah. But if it's still open, definitely go out there. There's a nice little tap room. They have a, a bunch of ciders that you wouldn't be able to get canned. They have a one or two guest uh, ciders that are generally pretty special from foreign countries. I think I had one that was from Spain one time there. Yeah, definitely worth nice. a visit. Um, let's see. We got our drinks out of the way. What do you have for the Timbit? Well, seeing as it's uh, the uh, all-star game and i think we're gonna get more into the game and how basically non-competitive <laughs> it was i uh-huh. uh, i i wanted to ask you what would you do to make the game more competitive how would you have made it a more competitive game for uh the ms all-stars versus arsenal i i really don't know how you can make an all-star team competitive without giving them like a month to train together or some significant period of time, because I think that it, it, and really it's, you know, the way it's treated is like, we got to get all of these guys onto the field. So they're switching up players like every 10 to 15 minutes at some points, like later in the game, they're trying to get everybody in, in for at least a little bit. So I think they, they might have like a competitive first half and try to get, some of their best guys out there to to make it entertaining but then it just it it devolves and you can just a lot of it's just hitting the ball around like they just they don't have Hmm. any um read on each other so you're playing you're playing the the same sport but essentially you've had no real tactical training or anything to to make uh to to make a real team out of all these individuals so i mean to be fair like the uh Arsenal's in preseason, so they're, you know, and the MLS players are all in mid-season form, so there should yeah. be a little bit of fairness. But, like, what about, like, doing a uh, 3v3, like, doing a half-field game 3v3 where team chemistry isn't as important? Uh, maybe. I, I just think the the idea of uh, any, any team of MLS players going up against a, a team like Arsenal, like, even in the preseason, they are... The, the chemistry is there. They're pretty much picking up where they left off. Um, mm-hmm. They may not be at their like full fitness, but the uh, ideas are already in place. So they don't have to think too hard about what, what they're doing. Whereas it's just they're, they're, the MLS team is, is clearly just trying to string more than three or four passes together because the, the, the gulf between the teams is pretty, pretty apparent, even when they're not quite at their best yet. It, it is, um, it it is a challenge to make that level uh, less in, in in the short amount of time that they have to put these teams together. Yeah, I mean, I I w- was briefly looking over the team sheet, and while I'm a very avid Sounders fan, I'm not a very big MLS fan. I don't watch a lot of other teams or other uh, 
players outside of sounder players and I went through that list and I was I there was like maybe two or three names I actually knew on the MLS All-Star team. Yeah. It seemed to Well cuz I I think a, a lot of the players that have just played in the Gold Cup weren't participating in this this yeah, version I as mean, well. Jordan Morris did make an appearance and I would say he was probably one of three players maybe that actually made any impact with their time on the field and and he did a couple things that were interesting. I mean he, he was was trying to make something happen, but um, a lot of those guys were pretty uh, anonymous. Like it was, it was kind of like a, you know, you're playing against some like faceless training dummies because they were all just wearing black, and it was just mm-hmm. Arsenal was in the was in their bright new uh, neon yellow kits, and uh, it it was just such a stark contrast. It just felt like they were running through molasses, and <laughs> and Arsenal was just kind of running around them in a training exercise. Yeah, uh, but uh, getting back to the question, what would you do to make it more competitive? What would you do to? Yeah, that's that's the thing up? though. Like, how do you how do you when when they're you know when they're they're playing their best the best that they have available, short of Messi, obviously it's not not available yet in this team. But <laughs> um, you know, this is the best of MLS. How do you um, make that more competitive? I think you just you really take down the level of team that you're playing against. <laughs> I think I, I, playing in the Arsenal's, even playing the United, Man United's in in years past where they've, they've gotten thumped a couple times from them too. It's just, I, I think it, it's, it would be more entertaining to play a team that was closer to the level of, of the best of MLS and that, that would just make it more fun. Like I was, there were moments where I was wishing it would be more competitive because I would, you know, I'd like to see at least a goal from MLS to make it, (laughs) make it at least a little fun. But yeah, I just, it, it, they never looked that threatening. So I feel like you have to, um, lessen the quality of the opponent a little bit just to be realistic and make it more fun and entertaining for everybody involved. I mean, I, I, I was looking through, uh, MLS, uh, all-star games have passed and they've been doing this for quite some time. And, uh, they did pull a nil, nil draw out against, uh, Real Madrid, a few years back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which which does probably how wasn't seriously Real Madrid was taking that game. Yeah. And uh yeah, uh it wouldn't be a great advertisement for the sport, which I think this game is supposed to be. I feel like they should uh oh, I just came up with this. For the All-Star game, they should go back to old MLS rules. You know, like the <laughs> countdown clock, uh-huh. uh pat kicking the ball in, like all these different things that uh made MLS just a little bit different. Yeah, okay. and then and, and the it's game a throwback in the game. Yeah, and everybody has to wear the old jerseys. Oh God, some of them you do not want to see <laughs> again. They should be left in the vault. <laughs> um. Well, we've already uh, <laughs> already touched on the All Star game, but we we should we should catch up in time here. We should do this chronologically. Mm. Uh. So we'll get back to All Star game. Let's mm. talk about some other things that we missed in the last couple weeks. Uh, we talked about Declan Rice and Jurian Timber uh, previously, but at that point they had not signed officially, and now we can officially call them Arsenal <sighs> players. Uh, it feels good, and uh, I was talking to a friend of the pod, Jordo, about this, and with these signings that we've been making this year, it really does feel going into the season. We have the one of the best squads we've had in quite some time, just you know, with big names coverage especially in the defense and it just you're you're seeing a very for the last 
five, 10 years, we've been putting together kind of threadbare teams or there are elements of it that were, were sparkling, but it wasn't a full cohesive team. And it would, especially with the rice signing and some of the signings we've been making previously, it, it, it feels like a cohesive team that is getting to the point to be able to compete with the, the man cities of the world. Yeah, I think this is is looking like it, the plan is actually coming together. Like you, you see the logic in in the money that they're spending and mm-hmm. the players that they're going after. And I think when the type of talent that Declan Rice is becomes available, there's only so many teams right now in the marketplace that can actually afford that type of player. And so I think it was it was a a nice time for Arsenal to uh, cash in on being ahead of schedule because Mm -hmm. getting, getting into, getting into champions league is one thing, but I think making a run at the title previous season is a really good sales point to, to, to say, Hey, we're, we're serious about what we're doing. And then to cap that off with a marquee signing uh, like Declan Rice, I think is really a statement of intent to say that they're not, not going to rest it's it's going to be uh a push to the the title and champions league and you know like this is this is kind of bringing together that sort of uh um cohesive plan that they've been talking about and saying that you know we're we're getting these pieces put together and we're going to have uh a really competitive team for several years now because we've got this group together yeah and uh, when you're looking at uh with the the signing of timber such an unfortunate name, but when you're uh, when you when you're when you're uh, looking at that signing, you you look at our defense now, and I, I I think one of the big reasons we lost the title last season was the uh, Saliba injury and how that mm. just really really shook up our defense, and we were kind of plugging holes and nothing against Rob Holding. I love him, but he is definitely a step down from Saliba. Yeah. Whereas now, when you look at our defense, the signings we've made, the players that we have, you have a whole three player deep where there isn't a huge dropout in every single position on that back line. Mm-hmm. And you can also start molding that defense to the teams you're playing so that sometimes you are going to be playing. I mean, it looks like uh, tyranny is staying as well from the latest I've been hearing that way. Yeah. Then. So, you know, sometimes you want to play Jenchenko on that line. And sometimes you want to play tyranny on that line. And it's really just going to defend on the opponent. And I don't, I don't think one is necessarily a step down from the other. It's just a different style of play. Yeah. And then- I, I, I think the, the timber signing makes a lot more sense to me now after watching this game tonight, because mm-hmm. uh, the second half did, did have uh, rice and timber uh, as well as Havertz playing. So it was interesting to see them all on the field at the same time. Uh, Odegaard was in there with them. So you got a good sense of kind of that, how those those players will will work together a little bit um you know D- D- rice was clearly not up to speed yet but timber uh he hit the ground running like i that whole second half i was just amazed at what he was able to do from the back line like he he was making runs into the box and i was just like how how are you here and he was popping up everywhere i was just really impressed with the energy that he brings and it is similar to um, the way Zinchenko plays that out of the back as well, where he pops up in areas that you don't expect and and, and creates those overloads and, and finds ways to 
take advantage of of space that's that's left open by um bringing up the 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 rear of the attack and so when you see timber popping up and making defensive plays all over the field as well as passing and creating um it it seems like it's a little bit of a mirror of what zinchenko can can bring on that left hand side so now you've got this dynamic uh lineup where you can play a timber with a tyranny on the other side to kind of hold down the fort you can um maybe play a, a zinchenko and timber timber combination where you've got them kind of taking turns and pushing up the field and, and getting involved that way but it it, it creates pro like problems for um defenses on either side of the field so you can really play with the tactics and go go after the weak parts of of the opposition which is a nice a nice situation to have for arteta where he has so many options available to available to him just by adding a a a player like timber who's so flexible and then you you also have this kind of anchor piece in rice that can hold down that midfield so you can do a little bit more creatively in the back line because you've got rice to provide that shield as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's something that you can change tactically in the game too. And you, you can see how the game's flowing and then, you know, you can, uh, you know, shift timber into a center back role and throw on a uh, Ben white or, or, or just kind of switch around the tactics going forward, which is something that is, I feel fairly new that a lot of times the subs have always felt like a step down. Whereas now, mm-hmm. It's you can make ta- very interesting tactical subs which don't deplete the quality of the team, and the the energy that that um, Timber plays with is really I think something that would be a great change of pace to bring in late in games. So even if he's not a starting player, which I think he actually could be in a lot of situations, like he looks like he's at that level, and that means he's going to push. Ben White and Saliba to some degree. So that's a great, great issue to have too, that he's creating that tension a little bit to push those players forward a little bit more. Um, but uh, he, he just provides so much flexibility that we didn't necessarily have. And to have that from one player, it's like really good money spent. And uh, we don't see a lot of um, Dutch players make the leap to, uh, the premier league and, and necessarily find out um, amazing success right off, right off the bat. But I think he, he looks like the, uh, Virgil van Dyke type signing that's mm-hmm. going to come in and, and be a, a strong defensive, um, player in the league for a while. Yeah. And the, and the joy is that he's only 24 years old. So he has plenty of years to, to, to be at his peak. Van Dyke was a little older than that too, wasn't he? A couple like twenty, twenty six, or something. I think so like too. I, maybe. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I remember him being a little bit older. So yeah, yeah. I, it, the, it just goes back to the um, the recruitment that we've had. The uh, the combination with Rice too. I just think like you you can see the plan. Like you can mm-hmm. see what what both of them bring. Um, and and I. I feel like that you, you, with every move, it just it makes sense. Like they they haven't done a lot of head scratchers, at least not in recent memory. They've, you know, had some some players that haven't like panned out. But like you look at a player like Cedric, or you know, not yeah. not like a home run, but it, it it shows that they they had some they had to make some concessions along the way to get to where they're at now. And uh, I, I think as they've lock down some of these um key positions 
we're seeing some some of the nuance in in the players that they're going after to add depth and i think that's 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 where it's getting interesting because we we have the money it, it appears with with the uh um three signings that we've made we have the ability to really um in, inject some some different looks now from from the bench and beyond and and i i think that's really key when we have lots of uh high profile games of champions league and 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 the spotlight on us in in the premier league to i i think everybody's going to expect us to be running for the title now and that that it it feels like we're starting to get the pieces to actually make that a reality yeah and uh you know this is probably a good time to bring up uh tim widdom's question if you want to where uh he asks is uh Declan Rice, the Messiah, or just another player who could could be great for us? I I am the more I've seen of him, I'm like I I feel like I've been sleeping on him a little bit. Um, I now that I'm paying attention, I'm like, man, I I think we've really spent good money here. I, I it nothing in the game tonight would indicate that anything uh, any any sort of miracle worker. He is definitely not a uh, gonna hit the ground and be amazing uh his first game out but um i after watching a little bit more of his his uh highlights and kind of understanding what he does best i'm i'm really pretty excited about the the type of player that he has the ability of being for this team yeah and i mean i i i I am gonna be the debbie downer and try and just hold down the hype train a little bit and just say that, you know, Messiah getting too overworked about adding one player is a dangerous mm. way to be, especially, you know, a player like him who, you know, isn't going to be scoring a ton of goals and what he does is a little bit in more in the background. And so I wouldn't go about, you know, going crazy yet. I think there's a lot of strong indications that this is as safe a bet you can make in the transfer market. And, you know, mm. we paid the money because it's as safe a bet. He already plays in the Premier League, so he's already knows the league. He's not going to have to move houses, move cultures. He's already going to be, you know, hitting the ground running. And when you look at his base statistics, they're just, you know, an elite level player. He's, you know, some some of the, uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, his pass percentage is, a, a completion percentage is insane. It's our, mm-hmm. there's only uh, two other players on Arsenal that had a better pass percentage than he did last season playing for a worse team, uh, you know, touches. And, uh, it's like, uh, one of them was, uh, uh, tackles that led to change of possession. It's literally three other team or players in any elite league in Europe had the same or more than he did. So mm-hmm. he is as sure bet as you can get. Remember to give him some breathing space. It's not going to be an instant success, but uh, he's been the most exciting signing I think I've had since uh, Ozil, in my opinion. He's the the I get that same feeling. Yeah i I don't even know. You know, like you said, the stats that he put put up on a team that wasn't that great tells you that he's going to really flourish in a team that is built to take advantage of what he he brings to the table so when you look at what he can do defensively that's absolutely something we need because the 
it is, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with party. He's, he's a big question mark for the, the season because he's, um, problematic and has some, uh, potential offers from, uh, Saudi Arabia. I, you know, I think if the right deal came in, they would, they would take it, but nothing's materialized yet. So assuming he stays, he's, he's still a solid player, but I think Declan Rice takes what he does and adds a little bit more mobility, a little bit more, um, uh, dependability that we mm-hmm. haven't necessarily had from party. So I think they f- they went out and found a player that could could do what we needed and, and is was at an age that he could do it for years to come and it makes a lot a ton of sense to um tr- make that transition sooner than later and and he it, he can co- he can come in and it, there there isn't a drop off this team improves with him and I think you you, you look at the way this the team has been structured he adds that stability that allows the offensive half of this team or really the entire the entire team uh to push forward and and have that uh peace of mind that that a player like him can bring to to really maintain that possession that that Arteta seems to really like it that when when you're pinning teams back and keeping it keeping the ball and i think rice is that that piece that makes that click and and we are uh hopefully going to benefit from that for for several years but i i I wouldn't go as far to say as he's a messiah or anything like that i just think he's that last piece of the puzzle that that hopefully allows the rest of the team to raise their level a little bit more yeah, and, and one of the things, too, is it's not only his defensive work and his destroying ability, but a lot of the statistics, when you look at him, show that he is a uh, progressive passer, that he he does a lot of uh, forward passing and creating plays. He won't be the, uh, you know, the first assist, but he's 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 his what makes him unique is that he is like party and Jaka taped together mm-hmm. where you have a defensive stability, but also a offensive or not offensive or forward looking mentality. And his uh, forward, forward passes, again, is one of the statistics that he shines in the Premier League and around the world. And I really, th- I really think he has that, um, that potential to build, the, build really good partnerships on the team. Mm-hmm. And like knowing that he's, he's worked with Saka before, you know, the, the national team connection there, um, and, and his, his ability to see those, those passes and, 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 get players into good space. I think that added weapon in addition to Odegaard, in addition to some of the other creators we have on this team, um, it adds another weapon to hopefully uh, unlock some things. I mean, you, you, you add that to uh, a Zinchenko and Odegaard and, and, and it's just, there's, that's a lot for a defense to try to cover. You know, yeah. you've got guys that can create from all over the field and it, it really, opens up a ton of possibilities. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can bring. And, um, we, we could still be doing more. I don't, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't want to like get ahead of, um, you know, or not be grateful for the, uh, the amazing signings, but I, it is, it is crazy to th- think that they got this all wrapped up at, at the early part of the window. So there's still <laughs> tons of time left on the clock and, uh, lots of things, things can still happen. And, 
uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see where Arsenal goes next or how they, how this all plays out in, in the long run. Cause it's, it's seemingly they, they can do no wrong at this point. They they've really had a solid window without having to, um, wait till the last minute. When you, you you talk about connections, the uh, other fun connection I was reading about is the fact that he actually uh, was in the uh, right. Declan Rice was in the uh, academy, the Chelsea academy within uh, within Kedia, mm-hmm. and they both actually were released. They were they were they were friends. They've known each other, and they were released from the Chelsea academy on the same day. And hmm. and Kedia went to Arsenal, and Rice went to West Ham after that. But so there's a even more connections to the team there. Yeah, and and you know, there's lots of um, talk about him being a future captain with the team, and that's it's an interesting prospect because obviously he was captain with uh, West Ham, and uh, we have an established captain in Odegaard, so it it could create a, a little awkward situation. But it there is something to say about just adding leaders to the team. It doesn't necessarily mean he has to come in and take the armband, but to be a strong voice to lead by example, to do the sorts of things that you would expect a captain to do. Um, I, I don't think he's going to shy away from that. I think that's part of his personality and uh, that's, that's the kind of player you want to have to, to build around whether he has the captain's arm bad or not. I, I don't, I don't want to envision a scenario where it's taken from Odegaard. I think it's just, um, it's a matter of who who's the best fit for the team. And until, until otherwise, I think Odegaard's still really a good, a solid guy to continue to to lead the team. Yeah, and I mean, with with us uh, uh, most likely losing a uh, Jaka, the uh, you know Jaka kind of had that ca- captain without the armband role, so it's kind of uh, again, you know, trading a like for like with upside, you know. So yeah, I guess we didn't we didn't talk about that either. Jaka is officially uh, a Leverkusen player, so. Mm. We are one one player down in our uh, house cleaning, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that was that was another thing we missed. But he, yeah, he he has um, big shoes to fill, you know. With, with I think Shaka was a, a strong influence in the in the locker room, and he he'd been around. I mean, he he had been around since Banger, so he he knew what what being an Arsenal player was all about. And I think now we've got enough young guys who have gone through it with Arsenal and, you know, players like Saka who've come up through the, uh, the system and, and know what it means to be an Arsenal player. Um, he can carry that torch and, you know, Declan Rice can be the type of player that comes in and um, is another, takes up that, a different type of leadership role. And I think just having different, different types of leaders is, is really important to, the structure of this team. So I think he's, he's going to fit right in with the um, types of personalities that they seem to uh, require in their recruitment of players. So he, he seems like a, a really good fit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see as this preseason progresses, but mm-hmm. you know, as you were mentioning before, it's nice to have it done early so he can have a pretty much full preseason with us. Yeah. I think that was um, smart. In, you know, the way that they did their recruitment last season was was similar in getting Zinchenko and, and Jesus signed early on um, to kind of give them a full preseason as well. That that really set the tone for the season. I felt like we had really solid preseason last year to 
um, if, if we can continue that this season, it, it seems like that is a, a nice way to hit the ground running because uh, Arteta clearly took this game pretty seriously. He he looked like he was ready to, um, you know, with the with the All Star game, he he looked like he he was doing his usual uh routine there was no friendliness about the way <laughs> arteta was was handling this game so i i think it is um it's really important to him that everybody comes together and has a good preseason i think he understands the importance of of that and getting your business done early really helps in um building that cohesion so that when uh the first few premier league games come you're you're not hit left flat-footed and we, you know we've we've come out of the gates week in the past you know mm-hmm. the um the brentford game is not not too far from our memories <laughs> so it, it is um it is important to to get some of these kinks out of the way and so that when the important games start at game one and not like two three games down the line you can't wait to get your your uh act together at that point you have to be ready to go first game of the week of the season well, and speaking of that preparation, we had uh, one game before the All-Star game that we should mm. talk about, which is the uh, Nuremberg game, which I don't believe the full game was televised. I only found the uh, highlight package that was on uh, the Arsenal YouTube feed. Yeah, I don't. I, that that was a, a weird one. So I think it, I, I only saw the the clip as well. But, it, you know, a, a nice um, goal from the... Uh, the from the Marquinhos, uh, <laughs> the Marquinhos. <laughs> That's his new name, by the way. Yes, <laughs> he's like the Ohio State. <laughs> uh, he is. He's one I'm interested uh, to to see how he continues his preseason, but I think he's destined to go out on loan a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he he'll be. It'll be one of those ones I think people are expecting to like hit. Well, based on the Martinelli signing, I think people were hoping that Marquinhos would be the same sort of player who kind of found his legs early and uh, made an impact. But not everybody can be a Martinelli. That's pretty Mm -hmm. tough to do. So (laughs) uh, even though uh, Edu is digging for some gems out of the Brazilian league, uh, I, I think we have to assume that Martinelli is kind of a, one in a million sort of player rather than the, the, the pipeline from Brazil that a dude is trying to establish. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, it's also giving some of these players time, you know? Yeah. It's a, you know, not everyone develops in the same way at the same time. And, you know, even Martinelli took some time we forget because it Mm -hmm. it feels like he's well-established now, but uh, he took some time. And so just, you know, giving, giving a player breathing space in, you know, loan out, I don't think is a horrible idea. No, I think he, he needs minutes and that's, that's the key for a lot of these guys. Um, as we, as we add this depth to the team, the, the minutes are, are very difficult to come by for some of these third and fourth choice, fourth choice, <laughs> fourth choice players. Um, you know, if it's, if it's minutes to th- that you need to develop your game, it's not going to come easily at Arsenal right now. So he's he's got to go go find those elsewhere. And I think there's there's going to be a few guys that are kind of on that bubble that really need to get as much time as they can on the field and and, and make the most of those minutes. But uh, Marquinhos isn't quite there where he's going to be fighting for any anything meaningful, meaningful quite yet. 
Yeah. And we'll, we'll see. And, you know, the season develops and things change. But as we were talking about on the depth chart, the other part of our team that is just stack full of talent is is the midfield. All the positions are going to be a dogfight to, to, to get minutes in. Yeah, so the the most recent preseason game after that uh, Nuremberg game was the the all oh, oh, well, I shouldn't get ahead of myself. There was the skills challenge yesterday. <laughs> I can't forget that Arsenal won a trophy uh, yesterday, and you know, I don't know if they get a trophy for winning the All Star game, but we'll say two two trophies in forty eight hours. It's yeah. not bad. You know, put them in the case. <laughs> They're all silverware. They just go inside of one of the other ones. <laughs> Knowing the MLS, the All-Star Game trophy is probably a huge gaudy and would be like bigger than the Champions League trophy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that happened tonight and it was it, it felt like the first uh real game that we could get behind, uh getting a chance to see a lot of these players uh in any meaningful way was exciting. Uh and it, it was um like I said, an interesting uh, game to see the debut of of Timber and Rice and uh, uh, how how he played with uh, Havertz and I, I was I was intrigued by some of those things, but overall I think the game was kind of uh, uh, lopsided, so I, it wasn't like there was anything too exciting on the MLS side. So uh, it's definitely all Arsenal all, all the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, getting a tattoo during the All Star game. So I checked in when I was taking a quick break at the 63rd minute and it was a three nothing. And it was right around then I could see on my updates that there were like 30 subs in the 60th minute. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it looked like a uh, Gabriel Jesus scored in the fifth minute. Was it Gabriel Jesus or was it the other? It was- yeah. So uh, it went from uh, Jesus, Trossard, uh, Jorginho, Martinelli and Havertz. Oh, nice. It's nice to get Havertz on the score sheet early. Yes. So it was, it was a well-rounded game and it, it, uh, yeah, it took it, it, it was, it was pretty dominant as, as you would expect, you know, I, for as much as I wanted uh, like a goal to go in to make it for, for MLS to make it, uh, at least competitive. I was like, you know, I think I'd feel better if Arsenal just slapped them a little bit. Yeah. If, if, if they let a, a, a dumb goal in, I'd, I'd have some questions. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, it was like a full line change. I believe, uh, when I checked in, even the keeper had been substituted and we got to see, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the young keeper come in. Oh yes. Um, why Haynes, Heinz, H Hein. Yeah. Hein. Hein. Yes. Caroline. Um, yeah, he, he, he did fine yeah. with what little he had to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there, I, I thought the goals were all good that the, um, the Trossard one was very nice. Um, good to see, good to see him hitting the ground running. I'm, I kind of like with all of our options, I kind of forget that he is part of the team. Like mm-hmm. I, he's, he's still kind of fr- like, hasn't i forget about Jorginho sometimes too i yeah. think they haven't they haven't quite clicked in in my memory that we have all these players available to us <laughs> yeah as i said i was talking to Giorgio about her depth and uh we started talking about midfield and we we're like well maybe we could get another midfielder signing and then we we're like just started listing off all our midfield options we we're like oh yeah Tressard, Jorginho. you know there's 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 all these midfielders that we have that are of, of high quality you know it's it it's a a pretty stacked midfield team and you know 
I think uh, Trissard is someone that everyone forgets about, but had put together a really good end of season for Arsenal. I think he gets a little overshadowed by some of the results, but he was uh, killing it on assists. I think, you know, he was one of the, the top assist makers towards the end of that season. And mm-hmm. it, so we have him and it almost, you know, to steal from Arsene Wenger, almost be like a new signing, just having him with a full preseason ahead of him and kind of a be- better plan of where he fits in. Yeah, it it was it was just exciting. I think in this game to see some of those little the, those little storylines get started for this year, and and I I look at this team and there's just so much to build on from last year. And mm-hmm. I, I, if that's if where we left off with you know there were there were some shaky moments at the end there but i think overall the mentality coming out of last season was a, was a strong one and and everybody felt that they were um a couple injuries short of of actually making that happen so if if the if anything the new signings kind of add to the belief that they can do this because it really is an obvious improvement and and building towards a, a better team this season so i think some of those doubts that may have crept in from um, whatever injuries and things that have kind of derailed our last couple seasons, um, you know, it, it's important to to feel like you're you're building and and um, developing. And I think that the the team should feel fa- fairly confident going into this season that they are the ones to beat. And and, and even even with Man City coming off the treble, I think there um, there should be confidence in this team that they've done the right things to to close that gap a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, you bring up, uh, you know, building on the last season, and there was an interesting interview from Odegaard uh, before the MLS All-Star game where he was talking about taking that same disappointment that happened when we missed out on the Champions League the previous year and how that motivated the team to uh, step it up, taking that same kind of disappointment they feel at losing out on the title and using that to, as a stepping stool to motivate them to 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 push harder for the title this coming year. So I, I thought it was an interesting uh, take to see that the uh, the players are definitely thinking about it. Yeah, I think that if you were to just try to ignore what happened and not use it in some way, it's it's kind of a, a wasted opportunity. And I think um, Arteta knows that the the real proof of, of, of the type of player that you are is how you overcome that. And I think that developing that elite mentality for, for these young players is, is part of what he's trying to, to do to build this team up and, and making um, some of these signings, like you can kind of tell that the players that he are, he's looking for are young players that kind of already have that mentality of, you know, you look at Havertz who's, been involved in in winning teams you look at um the players he brought over from man city with with the history that they've had and um the Jorginho's, the, ty- the 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 players that he's been bringing in to kind of mix in with this young group that he had already are players that have have done some of the things that he's trying to get these other young players to do and so it, it finding other other young players who have done that it's like hey whatever you did, teach them how to do that and we can bring this team up. And, and so I think the get, getting that um, 
getting over that hurdle of last season and, and using that as, as, as more of a jumping off point, I think is really important for uh, the growth of this team because they're going to hit harder stuff as they go through the years here, especially as you're looking at the challenges of Champions League, the challenges of doing that plus a, a Premier League run. It's, it's a lot of mental stress. And so they have to learn a lot in a short amount of time if they want to compete at that highest level. So it's nice to see some of that um, injected into the team with the signings that they've been making. Yeah, and what I like about that is that the the previous times when they were trying to get that uh, championship winning mentality, it was signing older players with experience. I mean, mm-hmm. the Will I Am signing is the uh, the one of the most uh, notable on that. Whereas now they're getting those types of players who are also still young. I mean, Rice is a perfect example of that. He's won trophies. He's, you know, done things and has all that experience, but still is very young. And you're starting to see this team, instead of being a team, you know, three years ago where, you know, there wasn't a lot of experience of winning things. Now, most of the team has some experience in winning trophies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're we're just on the precipice of getting this group uh, to that trophy winning level, and and it's it, it is maybe a, 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 the the signings that we made this year, or you know, just finding a way to get through a season with a, a couple less injuries. You know, it's it's it feels like it's just right there, mm-hmm. and so I, I think the the luck could go in our direction a little bit more, and and um, hopefully we can at least meet our expectations that were um, set so high last year. I think we have to concede that it's going to be another, a a bigger challenge adding um, champions league into the mix. But I I, I do feel like there's an understanding that they needed to reinforce. They needed to build up this team to make it to, to meet that challenge. And I, I'm feeling like they've got enough depth there to make that happen. They, we probably have more than we need at the moment. There definitely needs to be some sales to <laughs> kind of round the team out. But yes, uh, it, it is it is uh, nice feeling like this this uh, project has continually evolved in a, in a steady pace. It doesn't feel like we've wasted any time in in the uh, windows that we've had to work with since Arteta came in. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, speaking of the Champions League, it's kind of a fun opportunity for us because the last time we were in the Champions League, I felt like, you know, it was a very disappointing Champions League run. And this time when we're in the Champions League, it's it's so fun and it's so new again that my my expectations are so low for the Champions League. <laughs> and so anything's going to feel like a bonus. It's going to feel like a learning experience. It wasn't Last time we were in the Champions League, it really did have a feeling like this could be our only shot for a while. Like there's a lot of pressure. Whereas I think it could be interesting to see this team where there, I, and I don't think I'm alone in this, where it's the expectations are very low. I don't think anyone is thinking we're going to win the Champions League this year. So it's, it's going to be more like, uh, you know, what can we do with a squad? Can we take a few scalps? Can we, you know, progress and just kind of like we're seeing the progression of the league? We have higher expectations of the league, but it'll be, I think, two, three Champions League seasons before we have a real expectation of trying to win the thing. Yeah. Well, I think um, 
the the all the All Star Game was uh, a good window into what we can expect um, from some of these players. Obviously, it's it's a little disjointed, and they're still getting their feet under them as they build up fitness. It's pretty early on in the preseason, um, all things considered, and uh, some of these players are just getting their first real minutes at, at all. So uh, it, there's nowhere to go but up from here. But uh, the one one other thing I wanted to talk about from this game were the the brand new. Uh, I don't know what the, their names are, but the the yellow it's a, kids. It's 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 Islington FM or something. Have you? Ah, did, yes, it was an Islington something. I, I oh couldn't god, remember did you what that did was. you read the marketing thing on it? No, it's, I don't. It, I don't buy into that. It's it's <laughs> so techno babble. It's like. It's all about this fantasy radio station that's broadcasting Arsenal vibes. I believe they use the term vibes uh-huh. to their away games and doing the, the, the so the squiggles, I guess, represent the, uh, the borders of Islington. Uh, and it's about a radio station. It was, it was such a weird, like it was a whole marketing novel on these. That was like <laughs> so many jumps to get to where the, the Jersey is. I yeah, I just like, I, I can't like the jerseys themselves aside, I hated the marketing campaign and this idea of this like fictional radio station. It just sounds like, what, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Um, they, they may grow on me. You know what? They, they reminded me a lot of the Sounders Super Cyan kits. I was going to say that. And uh, like those really grew on me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I hated it. I hated it when they first came out, the Super Scion kids. Now I own one. I mean, I, granted, I own it because it was $5 at Ross, but uh, <laughs> I own one and I kind of like it now. After like, yeah. 10 years after the fact, it's kind of like a fun little like, yeah. But my immediate thought is I hate it and I wish they could just keep it, just keep it simple. A nice yellow, blue highlights. It's so, not rocket if- science. If they got rid of the squiggly design, the yellow and blue together. Yeah. Awesome. I, I hate the rest of the design though. Yeah. I mean, and but it, those it, two colors are are great. I mean, for me, it's so hard because I think the black and gold kits from last year were just like the perfect, oh, you yeah. know, change kit. It's, it's that, I mean, I, I bought, you know, a jacket based on that theme because I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. I'm, not going to race out and buy the uh, Islington FM kits. No, I, but they could grow on me. Like if they, if they come out hot and have a great like champions league run in these things, they might be, you know, if, I think if you can attach it to some positive feelings, yeah. I think that could tip, put, tip it over in the, in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I got, if, if, if they're holding the champions league trophy in those jerseys, they'll be my favorite Jersey of all time. So like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like it, the, the season definitely has an impact on how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, it is funny, kid. like initial reactions versus, uh, you know, nostalgia where like, you know, the bruised banana kits objectively are not a good kit, but Mm-mm. I own a bruised banana kit because it actually looks really cool <laughs> like, right. because of, uh, you know, the memories I have, the players that played in it. The So I think initial reaction is extreme thumbs down, but it, at the end of the day, it'll be the, the memories that you associate with those kits that are really going to, uh, to make it a classic or not. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, I do appreciate that like it's it's unique. It is mm-hmm. like it's one of a kind. It like no 
you know, some of these, some of these kits, they, you, it's like Adidas does one and they do like several variations of that and give it to all the big teams. And so it ends up kind of being like every other team's like second or third Jersey is kind of a, the same thing, but this is, it, it feels like they went, they just tried something and it, it's, it's cool for that. And I, I do appreciate that over the years, the last couple of years with Adidas, they've been pumping stuff out all kinds yeah. of different gear i i appreciate some of the stuff they they try to do and um kind of the fashion element is really in- interesting uh the collaborations and things that they they've been trying to do so i don't mind if they swing and miss because they put out so much stuff yeah it's it's kind of okay well i, I think the thing for me is that i i don't mind if if it's bizarre if it has some sort of real connection like the uh the Man City uh, third kits, I think, from uh, last year, the year before, where it was like based on the, uh, I mean, they got in trouble because they didn't get the approval of the artist, but of the uh, the uh, major like uh, Britpop club that was happening in Manchester. And it's a, a very strong nod to the what makes you Manchester a unique area. Or, you know, there's another kit that was based on the designs of Ridge That Crosses. But to make up a whole thing about a fake radio station is just like a... <laughs> I, I don't know. It misses the mark. I know they're trying to like make that connection to Islington in North London, but I think there's uh, smarter ways to do that while still keeping it fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I'm curious what the third kit's going to look like. Uh, you know, it's supposedly a, a, a throwback uh, with the blue and the green. Uh, we'll see if what, what sort of variations they, they make it, uh, to the original, but um, I, that, that one looks more up my alley. I like those colors. So we'll see how that, that one turns out, but really it's, um, I feel like it, I, I, every other year I tend to like one of the, the kids mm-hmm. I got it, 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 they've, it's hard to check all the boxes. Yeah. I mean, and luckily I'm not, I know that there's some of our listeners even that are, uh, you know, buy a kit a season. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I, I I don't feel that same drive, so I'd say I just kind of pick and choose. I mean, I'm I'm up to five Arsenal jerseys, five jerseys, and one jacket. So I guess I'm I'm slowly building a collection. But yeah, I think I got a few more than that. But I I don't I don't wear them as like I don't I can only wear uh, an Arsenal jersey so many days a week like i'm i i I work i can't work to work every day well that's why i love the the, my pickup of the arsenal jacket last year the black with the gold captain jacket i'm like i can wear that like all winter long yeah i I need a sweatshirt or something that's my goal this year is to get some i'm hoping they release something good to yeah for my outer wear collection because i'd rather wear something have something i can wear more regularly yeah i mean i I originally was going to get the tracky and i probably should have got the tracky but so i've got the winter jacket but I'm I'm definitely on the market for a good Arsenal tracky. The problem is I'm not a big, I mean I bleed red, but I'm not a big wear bright red in the in my daily life. I tend to be yeah. much more grays and blacks in my day to day life. So finding a tracky that is more muted or at least on the uh, darker side of the the uh, color spectrum is going to be what I'm waiting for for that tracky. Yeah. Well. Uh... I'm I'm sure they will have a new release like every other month. I mean, that seems to be 
yeah the the track record they have as far as the um amount of stuff they they squeeze into a season is it's pretty <laughs> pretty intense if you're a col- a collector of these things yeah. i can't imagine how much money you dump into the the team for the for those different styles that they put out you know what jerseys actually i hated it when i first saw it and it's now grown on me is uh so we have a regular who wears that that pink jersey that like salmon jersey that they came out with with the, the last year last year the, last year's pink yeah, one. yeah 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 that one I didn't like it at first, but then, you know, seeing this regular come in and wear it all the time, I'm like, oh yeah, I see it. Again, it, it wouldn't necessarily be for me, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate it now. Yeah, I get that one. I have the old, uh, the old Puma black and like hot pink one. Oh. I, I kind of love it. Yeah. I, 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 it's I, stupid. Jordo <laughs> uh, gave me the uh, black and purple one and i love oh, that jer- i love that yeah. jersey that's like my favorite alternate jersey because again it's muted but it still has a little pop it's still fun and i still remember eduardo our carousillian wearing that jersey and you know as i say it's the memories that make it right uh-huh yeah i have uh i have an Aubameyang mint green from a few <laughs> years back I made some poor choices, but I don't care. Uh, it's it's I, I actually specifically never get a player's name on the back of a jersey because when you buy them, you're like super high and super excited about this this player. Oh yeah. And then inevitably they break your heart. And you know, like I could see myself owning a Van Persie jersey and now he makes me angry when I think about him and I couldn't wear that jersey. Yeah. I have I have Ozil, I have a Bombyang, and I have Tierney. And I might just stop there. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to get better. Well, I mean, the thing about it, like the Ozil jersey, at least, is like I feel, uh, you know, it didn't work out in the end. But yeah, again, I, I, I don't have as much an animosity to Ozil a few years down the line now. Yeah, like you kind of just got to, you got to erase the last bit. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it was what it was, but we had some good times. Um, yeah, I mean, Obama Yang. I don't know. You know, he, he did lift a trophy for us. So yeah, they're also good times there. It could it be, it wasn't all bad. It could be an Adebayor Jersey. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's some that could fit, yeah, definitely leave a worse taste in your mouth than those two. Um, anyway. Oh, I was going to say though, if they, if they keep in this, doing this, uh, throwback trend, they, they need to circle back around to the, the maroon. Oh, uh, I, that, that, is that the last season at Highbury? Last season at Highbury, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, that's that's the one I would really spend some money uh, on if they did throw back to that. I my first jersey was the first season at Emirates jersey, and it, I finally had got enough money, and I, I just I, I I regret the fact that I had missed saving enough money to get it the year pre- previously. My brother, my brother has a trackie. That's the maroon trackie that I'm so jealous of. Oh yeah, I might have to. Uh, go visit his house one time and make it disappear. Although I think he listens to this podcast. So you didn't hear that, my brother. <laughs> um, okay. So, oh yeah. I was just looking at like what year that was. Uh, yeah. Oh five, Oh six. And of course that was like, that was pretty much went right when I started watching Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So of course that one's the, the one that's imprinted in my brain. Well, the funny thing about that jersey, like talking about a throwback jersey, is that jersey itself was a throwback jersey. So, uh huh. 
But there, you know, the thing, the thing that's so iconic about that was like the, the O2 logo. Yeah. So it's like, you can't bring that back. It, it kind of takes something away from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, those, those like, are the days. Yeah. It's so funny that like sometimes the logo is also like part of it. Like my bruised pajama jersey has the Sony logo on it, which is just like such a classic time in Arsenal's, uh, you know, life. Yeah. You know, I was just looking at the... Oh, wait, the, no, it's a JVC, not a Sony. JVC. Oh, the JV, oh, yeah. yeah, JVC, yeah. Um, those, the the maroon ones were Nike. So I wonder how much, oh. you know, could you even do a maroon one if you're Adidas? Well, or mean, is that too much of a... I guess they don't own the color. But yeah. Because, like, I, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, they took it from somewhere else. So it's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know how copy. It's like a team color, you know. Yeah. It's not like uh, Adidas or Nike owns the color. Yeah, I mean, I bet you though that like Nike owns the very specific shade of maroon. I believe what it was like current. I think they called it like a current. Was the shade they called it? Uh, I wonder if I can look this up. Yeah, this is riveting eh. podcasting as we Google yeah, other things. Yeah, I've. Forget about it. Write us in the uh, the uh, comments on the show, or send us an email, yeah. or uh, hit us up in the Discord with the name of there that jersey. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I do like I do like those uh, those collared ones. So mm. I, I hope they bring that back again. I'm a sucker for a collared shirt. I know this is like well devolving past Arsenal, but I am a sucker for a collared <laughs> kit. Like uh, one of my favorite kits I own is the. Uh, it's a knockoff, of course, because I, I like a knockoff. But you were there when I bought it. The uh, knockoff jersey for the, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Gore Medal, the uh, Cameroonian team. Or not Cameroonian, a uh, Kenyan team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has a a, a, a collar on it as well. I still have my, my Kenyan jersey. It's way too small. <laughs> I, was, I was under pressure. I just bought it. Uh, I didn't yeah. try anything on. Oh, J- I trusted those people to tell me what size I should get. They were sort of plussed up a little bit. They were si- trying so hard to tell me that I was buying an authentic uh, Adidas jersey. And I'm like, I just like looked them straight in the face. I'm like, no, this is not authentic. It clearly says Adorda. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think I spent $10 on it. So yeah, it, no, that was, that was good times. That was, I think that was. I'm trying to remember what jersey that. Yeah. That was the one of the Puma ones. Yeah. Poor, poor Puma days. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway, any other uh, Arsenal? Kit talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kit Talk. That should be our spin-off podcast is Kit Talk. Oh, gosh. I could, I could, I think it would have to be a video podcast for sure. Yeah. yeah no, we could just turn that into a, a TikTok series and make a bunch of money. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. talk about random kits from the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, right. I would actually love doing that, but that's a whole other... I have a whole list. We'll talk, we'll talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> Any other Arsenal uh, news or briefings? Uh, you know, there's rumors. I don't know if this one has legs yet. Uh, it it was it was coming out. I think within the last couple of days that uh, Arsenal were pretend, potentially looking at uh, Kudu from uh, Ajax to maybe bolster our our right wing. Uh, I. I think this anything we hear right now is going to be a lot of conjecture because it, it if we're if we're going to go sign anybody it's going to require some sales. So yeah, I was just going to say I, I at this point I can't see very much more incoming unless there's a yeah. very special opportunity. And I think on that 
that right wing, it might be a hard sell to get someone to come in for that because they know they're not going to get a ton of playing time. Yeah, I think Saka's got a lot of that uh, locked down, but I think there's a case to be made that you need to force Saka to sit down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really had the opportunity because he's so important and there isn't a, a great second string player there that can um, be at that level. But if you can bring in somebody in who can hold their own and, and maybe develop into that role, um, I, I think if you find the the right player that maybe isn't quite there yet, but can bring something different off the bench and give Saka some rest, I, I could I could see the case being made for for spending a little bit of money on that. But mm-hmm. I can't see him spending a a fortune on that that position at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I I I do strongly think we need to have another striking option. I wouldn't mind trying to find one more decent striking option because when i'm looking at the depth chart that's where i feel a little bit thin yeah i do think we'll see havertz slot in there more than you might expect i would be nervous about that just because of uh, his track record at chelsea and that striking spot and having watched several chelsea games with him as playing that striker role i think he's uncomfortable in that position he doesn't like that sort of pressure. And at the end of the day, that's just not where he scores goals. I just wonder if he's going to play more withdrawn than Chelsea played him. I don't know. I guess he did kind of play that false nine a little bit. Yeah. But he offers a target. So I I, I would... I would expect like he could be one of those players who gets moved around throughout games to kind of fit in what we need. And that might be a position where we, he's like, Oh, well I need to take, I need to get Jesus off. So I'll just move Havertz forward a little bit to get another midfielder on. See, I, cause then, then you've got, then you don't have to go out and spend a, a bunch of money right now. Cause I think that's the, the hard sell is yeah. what, what do you go spend money on? That's going to, fit into that that striker position that isn't going to cost you a lot of money yeah because like you know what do we have in the depth and on striker right now you have so jesus obviously is number one who who falls in so is it balligan in, is balkedia balligan uh, i it's not inspiring no. but balligan balligan i i feel like everybody is very excited about him and i think he has obvious potential mm-hmm. based on how his he, his season was last year but i again an unproven at this moment he could have an amazing preseason but i think it, i i would i would be more inclined to cash in on him um yeah. and then reinvest possibly in somebody who i don't know could it could pro- provide something a little bit different than in Kedia. i think that but if you sell Balogun, I think that's a definite position that you have to try to fill. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Enkedia, again, in the uh, the interviews I've been reading, Enkedia is very much willing to kind of stay and fight for his position right now. I mm-hmm. believe what he said was, as long as I'm somewhere in the plans, I will, I will stay and fight for my position, which is nice. I just... I worry that he... We've seen what we've seen from Enkedi. I don't know how much more improvement we have. Yeah. And while he could be, I, I think he's a good third third kind of slot in the, uh, the depth chart. I feel like we need one more proven goal scorer. It doesn't have to be 10, 20 goals a season, but just like a 
proven goal scorer in that that slot. So if it, Jesus suffers another injury, we have someone backing that up. And you know, Martinelli and Gerard can also slot into that spot. So I know there's some flexibility. I would hate to see Havertz come in there. I think that would be like the nightmare for Havertz and us. I, I'm just, I, I can't. I'm not going to be surprised if they don't make any more signings of that nature. And it, it, he ends up just slotting in there because he can. <laughs> I mean, that's I, I, I do believe that's why he, he gets signed is that he can play multiple positions. And one of those happens to be striker. So I think they will use him there in some capacity. I, I don't know, maybe as a closing out the game striker where he's... Yeah. He's a... Yeah, making- I'm not... I'm not saying he's a, like a starting games as striker. I'm thinking he's more somebody you can kind of move around and within games yeah. and, and fill in different areas that he can either create mismatches because of his size or give you a different option up front or, you know, like there's, it, it just tactically makes sense to have somebody um, larger. I mean, you're, you're go- going from a Jesus to uh Havertz is is a big jump, so it gives you a bet, much better target up front. Yeah, but Jesus gets up. So yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see far more outgoing than incoming signings in the uh, end mm-hmm. of this transfer window. Yeah, I'm curious who's who's expendable. Uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see where the, where the offers are coming from, and um, there could be some surprises, but uh, I think it should be pretty predictable. The nice thing is I feel like uh, for the first time in a while, Arsenal's also in a position of strength now in the transfer window. We've made our big business, so like, there's no pressure on us. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a lot of pressure to... I mean, we do need to sell some players, but it's not like... I mean, I, I don't know the back-end finances. I don't know the FA, uh, the financial fair play status of thing and how, many, how much we actually have to make to make financial fair play, but I feel like we're more in a position of like, well, if you give us the right deal, we'll sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good place to be, but I hope those good deals come in. Um, it'd be nice to cash in on one or two guys at least. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think that's, that should be good enough for us this week. There's uh, not a ton of news on the horizon. We'll have to uh, <laughs> see what comes of the, the, upcoming uh preseason games and uh see if any any more rumors start coming uh regarding outgoing players i think that's that's the next shoe to drop is the uh some more of those outgoing deals to start rumbling on the rumor mill but uh until until we record again we should wrap wrap it up there yeah uh thank you for listening to this week's episode if you haven't done so already review and subscribe wherever you're listening to us now uh join us on twitter we are at w of n london uh join us while you can we tell us where you're going you know if if you're on threads now maybe we should be on threads but you let us know um and maybe it's blue sky maybe it's everybody stays on twitter and we all just ride it and ride it until it burns (laughs) um and uh, email us at westofnorthlondon at gmail.com. Join us on our Discord by clicking the link in the show notes. And uh, check out the the band Bobcat. They wrote our theme song, and their website is bobc.at. So go check out their, their info, albums, everything is over there. That's it for us this week. So as always, see you at the next gun show. <laughs>